Welcome to the Beltway Briefing, the official podcast of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, covering the news of the day and constantly evolving state of play in Washington, D.C. Here are your hosts, managing partner of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, Howard Schweitzer, and chairman of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, Mark Alderman. Morning. Mark, it's uh, September 26th, and... So far, we agree, Howard. Right, right. And the world's going crazy because the Eagles play the Packers tonight and they could go to one and three. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, now, it's all impeachment all the time. Um, what's what's happening? What do you make of it? I think we are into the law and the land of unintended consequences. We are launched on an odyssey and i don't think anybody knows where it ends up it could end up with donald trump out of office it could end up with joe biden out of the race i doubt either of those is the ending but we don't know what we don't know and we just got to fasten our seat belts and and see what happens next it is launched at warp speed so there have been i'm sure developments that i missed since you and i started talking but the thing is what what is there to investigate here i mean look what what he did um conducting foreign affairs that way is highly 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 inappropriate it's 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 awful and I, I actually have some more commentary on, on the transcript um, at, a, at a bit of a deeper level, but it's awful. But that being said, it's out there. Unless there was something else happening in the background, it doesn't seem like this is, it doesn't seem like there's much of an inquiry here to be done. It's obvious that it was horrible. Well, Whether it was criminal is really irrelevant because impeachment is a political process not a legal process so it's kind of all out there i think a lot is out there bizarrely by the way a lot is out there from the white house which before yesterday had produced nothing to anyone about anything and suddenly bizarrely it's all out there Although it isn't all out there, and that, I think, is is the inquiry. It may, Howard, be all out there by the end of the day. There is the whistleblower complaint, which is now out there. I've not seen it since we started talking. There's the uh, Inspector General's report, which presumably will be out there before too long. And there may not be that much more inquiry required, but we don't know until we know. And I think that the speaker is doing the right thing, getting this going and taking it a a step at a time. There is, of course, a universe of high crimes and misdemeanors to otherwise investigate, but it's unclear that she intends to do that. I, for one, hope she doesn't. I hope this remains focused on on what's right in front of us. 
But if it expands, then there's plenty uh, more to inquire about. But I guess, yeah. But to me, this this hurts Biden way more than it hurts anybody. He almost looks he almost looks irrelevant. I mean, neutered like he doesn't have a voice, and it's hard to compete with the voice of of Donald Trump and and the presidency. But he just he looked. There's this whole story being told about his kid, and I guess him to some extent. And it seems to me that it, it's to his great detriment. And Elizabeth Warren is just hanging back. Maybe. I, that's why I said what I did when we started. We don't know where this ends up. For sure, the consequences are going to be other than those intended by the actors, because they always are. And this could end up being bad for Joe Biden. That That's on the list of possibilities. But if it remains focused on Trump, then Biden becomes a, a backstory. And we'll have to see, we'll have to see where it goes. I think it is revealing that Senator Warren hasn't been heard from on this. And I suppose I wouldn't have much to say about it either if I were sitting uh, no. where she is. Absolutely the right play. Let it let the media do your talking for you. But see, again, every once in a while, I think in this life, it's important to just do the right thing and not try to overthink the consequences, which are going to be unintended. I think that the speaker is doing the right thing by beginning an impeachment inquiry in light of these new disclosures. Is it good for Joe, bad for Joe, good for Elizabeth, bad for Democrats, good for Republicans? We don't know. And we aren't going to know uh, until November of 2020. True. Well, We'll know some things before November of 2020. Well, we'll know the fate of the impeachment inquiry. I I think it's pretty clear. We'll know who the Democratic nominee for president of the United States is. That we will. We'll, yep, that we will. I think we'll know the former first. I think we'll know the fate of the impeachment inquiry before Milwaukee in July 2020. But I think what, take a step back. This, <laughs> this guy, Trump. The day of Mueller's congressional testimony got his get-out-of-jail-free card. That put an end to Mueller and his investigation as a threat. It took a day for him to open up a new can of worms, and, and here we are. I don't think that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House had any choice but to do what they did. I agree, but I think let's, let's not forget who occupies the Oval Office. It's a reality TV star it's formidable. who knows how to create controversy, who likes controversy, who actually, I mean, I, from what I'm being told by people, this was, there's no strategy behind this. There's no grand Trumpian plan. But he always wants to have a foil. He always wants to be in a fight. And it's almost like 
trying to create the drama of, of the apprentice, but through the conduct of foreign affairs. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. It's maybe criminal, maybe not. As you point out, it doesn't matter. It's for sure. If true, we all know it is, by the way, but if the evidence exists to demonstrate the truth of what we all know happened, which was withholding military aid to pressure the new president of uh, the Ukraine to investigate the political adversary. If all that gets proven, demonstrated, he's getting impeached. And the articles, I, I hope maybe one article, the narrower the better, are going to the Senate. We all think we know what's going to happen there. Pretty, pretty good bet what's going to happen there. But this, this is going to be one of those, I believe, be careful what you wish for. You just might get at things. Sure, Trump wanted all of this chaos and controversy and even impeachment. But, yeah. but he wanted it on the Mueller report where right. he, he was better able to make it a, a witch hunt. This, this might be different. Now, the graveyard is littered with bodies of people who predicted that this was the turning point for Trump. Yeah. So I'm, We're I'm still here, Mark. There. We're still here. Yeah, I'm not um, going there. I guess I don't see this motivating the sliver of voters who decided in 2016 that this guy should be president and who will decide in 2020 who should be president and i it's terrible you're ahead of yourself you're you're ahead of yourself you're into november 2020 i'm still in 2019 uh, let's see what this thing looks like come new years yeah fair enough it may have come and gone by the way, it may have come and gone and left Biden the damaged goods. I don't think so, but that's a scenario. It may have not come and gone. It may be on its way to the Senate. I'm sure the speaker plans on doing whatever they're doing this year. They're not waiting around for 2020. And then we see, then we see what happens. But to me, just Taking a step back, I, I think I think we have actually had confirmed two things. One, we have had confirmed that this fake president of ours is completely uncontrolled and uncontrollable. Forget his policies, his personality, all the rest. This <laughs> nobody thinks this was a good idea. Even Lindsey Graham, if he were being honest, would tell you it's not a good idea. The other thing, just if I may, that, that we have learned is that the rumors of the death of Congress have been a little exaggerated, not altogether. But, but this is institutional in addition to individual and political. This is Congress in the unanimous resolution that McConnell let uh, Schumer run through the Senate. This, this is Congress actually reasserting a molecule or two of its constitutional oversight responsibility. This is all about 2020, Mark. 
I, I think you undervalue the importance of them just simply doing the right thing and 2020 be damned because no one knows what it means for 2020. Yeah, but she had political pressure on her from the Democratic base to bring an impeachment inquiry. And I think she had, you're right, but she, she had been resisting it for a long time because she thought it was bad for, for 2020. But there is no way on earth that Nancy Pelosi is making any decision other than a political decision. That's the way these people operate. I mean, you and I talk to them every day. We know that. It, this is a political decision. This is. But here's the perversity of it. It's not. A, I don't believe it's institutional. It is. But Howard, it is a political decision. Of course, that's who and what we are dealing with. But I believe that Nancy Pelosi has made the political decision that doing the right thing is the political decision to be made. I, I just don't think I don't know. you can discount altogether the importance and and potential consequence of of actually doing the right thing. The that, sad part, yeah, I hear you. And and she had no choice. And the sad part, <laughs> the sad part to me, um, and, and this I guess is me as a former senior government official reading the transcript. I mean, look, the whole thing was sad and abominable, but it, one of the things that is, is just so evident from the, the transcript, and I'm sure this happens all the time, I and mean, we know it happens all the time with Trump, but the president of Ukraine is just playing the guy. No question. Playing the guy. No question. And that, I mean, talking about staying at Trump Tower, somebody on his team said, hey, it was good staff work. Yeah, this is how you blow smoke. Right, right. Uh, it was good staff work. And and that's the way foreign affairs are being conducted. And look, there's an element of, there's always going to be a personal element to how one president relates to one another and a strategy in that. But it's just so transparent that this guy can be played. And it's sad, as he would say. He is being played by the president of Ukraine. He's being played by the once and maybe future prime minister of Israel. We'll see who forms the next government there. He's being played by the uh, premier of China and and on and on and on. And now and now it is in transcript form. Now, yeah. now it's yeah. not just op-ed pieces. Now it's on White House letterhead, and all you have to do is read it to see it. Although let's let's just remember for our uh, listeners, uh, it's not actually a transcript. Of course, I know you know that it's a memorandum, who which means that what was actually said was worse. And, yeah, and we'll never know. There don't appear to be tapes of the thing. But but there were two things going on in that conversation. One of them, of course, is what everybody is talking about, which is the corruption of soliciting an investigation of Biden. The other thing, though, is is in some senses is, is almost scarier. This thing about the DNC server being 
hidden in the Ukraine is just Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. It, this guy, this guy apparently believes that there is a piece of equipment somewhere in the Ukraine that would prove that Russia didn't hack the DNC. It it's all conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat stuff. It's reality TV BS is playing out on an international stage. and Except don't you think he believes it? I don't know. I don't know what he believes. Well, fair enough. Fair Talking enough. about a guy who rode the birther controversy to the presidency of the United States of yeah. America. Yeah. I don't know what he believes. Fair enough. Uh, nor, nor do I. I don't think... I don't think he's a lot of things that he appears to be like, I don't think he's anti-Semitic. I don't think he's, you know, racist. I think he, but, but he is perfectly happy to fan the flames of anti-Semitism to fan the flames of racism. He's perfectly happy to use it to his own advantage, which is just as bad as well, being anti-Semitic or racist in the first place. So I don't know, I don't know what this guy is, but the thing that, the thing that for me makes me feel like you and I are living in just the strangest world is meanwhile, back at the ranch, we are taking care of our clients. Right. And I, I talked to half a dozen clients yesterday who said, gosh, it, it must be insane down there. Like everything's going crazy. I'm watching CNN. Well, yeah, on one level, it's kind of insane. On another level, I'm still going to a meeting at the department of whatever, and I'm still going up to the hill. I'm still talking to people about client issues. I mean, it is, it's the strangest of times and on some level also the most normal of times. Below, below the level of the headlines, People are taking meetings. People could care less. People in the administration could care less about what's happening on CNN. They're doing their jobs. And some of them, yep. you know, they're good people. Um, well, so well, it's it's just question. strange time. People on the Hill, they're doing their jobs. Republicans and Democrats, they're doing their jobs. They think it's a sideshow. They think it's absurd. They think I mean, they're obviously, it's obviously very important. But there is a group of people for which it is very important. And, and the rest of this town goes on with life. And it's just hard to. Yes. It's hard to understand that unless you're us, you know, sitting in it. It, it is very confusing, even if you're sitting in the middle of it, of course. And I, I agree with a footnote. Yes, we talk all the time about the permanent state, not the dark or deep or whatever conspiratorial tinfoil hat state Trump <laughs> is out there. But there is a permanent government that consists of good, honest, hardworking Americans, most of whom were not appointed by this president, some of whom, of course, were. And they are just going to work and trying to do their jobs. I think the same is true of Congress and life goes on. Government, thank goodness, goes on. And yes, we were both yesterday and we will be today and again tomorrow talking to some of those people about trying to work with them for our clients and, and all of that uh, 
will continue right through November 2020 and and maybe pivot then, but but beyond. However, the footnote the footnote is is this. Um, I don't think an impeachment proceeding paralyzes the Department of Agriculture, where I know you had a great meeting recently on on behalf of one of our good clients. All of that is what you're talking about. All of that is is still open for business. But but this White House, as, as we know, is half empty. It is not nearly fully staffed. It is already because of that and because of the the nature of the president, it is already a highly stressed environment and institution. And if this impeachment unfolds as I think it will, if there is an article or more than an article of impeachment returned against the president, you are going to see the White House sorely distracted sorely divided. You're going to have individuals hiring lawyers and spending their time. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. We've been through this before. Meanwhile, I was looking this morning at um, the latest polling in California. It's not Iowa. It's not New Hampshire. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren took the lead in the most recent California. I think it was an LA Times poll. Mm-hmm. The senator from California, Kamala Harris, I know you were in a meeting at, at Harris headquarters this week. Right. Was running a distant fourth. Right. Bernie right. Sanders was in third place. It, it seems to be the conventional wisdom that he isn't going to go the distance. I can't see anything other than his voters going to going to her if he were to drop out. I just well, I, things can going, change. They're not going to Joe. They either go to her or they just stay home. She's going to be the Democratic nominee for president of the United States. Well, you and the uh, European betting markets <laughs> agree on that. Her stock is sky high in the election betting markets now. His is his being Joe is is half of hers and Bernie is disappearing, according to to those markets, according to you. And, and sure, that is where we are today. That is no question where we are today. I just keep saying every time we have this conversation that having lived through this personally, Every time it's happened since 1980, basically, the leader in the polls in the Democrat or Republican primaries at this point almost never ends up the nominee. That's that's the lesson of history. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't be different this time, of course, but I, I think it's just too nobody's voted yet. It's just I know. I just don't see anybody being question, able to overtake the Elizabeth um PR machine. Well and look, Biden looks weak. You know, you have to kind of peel the onion 
a layer at a time to get to get to that answer. So first you say, who else is there out there that could catch fire and storm to this nomination other than Joe, Bernie, Elizabeth, really other than the the three who have distanced themselves from from the field. It's very hard, very hard to pick somebody who who can do that. You have to give the electorate a reason. Yeah. Nobody's giving anybody a reason to run to them. Well, yes and no again. I mean, Mayor Pete is giving people a reason, but it's just not his time. The the universe is uh, or is not ready for Mayor Pete. But he's not a, when he looks like he can't govern South Bend. Well, that doesn't help. <laughs> but uh, but I do think he is telling second only to Elizabeth Warren and maybe a, a distant second at this point. I think Pete is telling the best story among all the rest of them. They're yeah, very good fair. people. That's Corey, Cory Booker is a great guy, would be a great president, is a great senator. He's not telling a story that is is going to get him there. Kamala isn't telling a story that's going to get her there. Amy Klobuchar isn't telling a story that's going to get her there. Pete is telling the second best story up there, but but there's just so many things about the story that that are too soon. I mean, he's got time. He's 37. He can be president in 10 years or or whatever. Yeah. Um, He's formidable, but. So I agree. I don't know who can catch her from behind. She is the master of self-promotion. And going back to my treasury days, there was a recent article, and I think it was Politico, kind of a Elizabeth meets Barack (laughs) expose. Um, I was there. She's, I mean, look, she is, she's tough. She knows how to self-promote better than everybody except maybe the current president, (laughs) which is an issue. She's also completely, she's completely blowing smoke. That's my phrase for the day. She's blowing, she's, she well, can't, she can't provide free college for all. First of all, she isn't going to provide Medicare for all. She does, she doesn't know how to bring people along. She knows how to excite the public. She knows how to get attention for Elizabeth and that's a skill. And it got her to the United States Senate. I mean, look, she's very, very tough, but she doesn't know how to build coalitions. She doesn't know how to bring people along. You know, when I was at Treasury and obviously, as you know, I started in October of 08 under Hank Paulson and and, and the Bush crowd. Um, and she was head of the congressional oversight panel and no, we couldn't work with her. And she, you couldn't talk to her. You, you couldn't have a productive conversation with her. So, and is this along the, came? Go ahead. Along came Secretary Geithner, and they said, "We're going to change this. We're going to have a constructive dialogue with Elizabeth. You know, we want to smooth that relationship over and make it what it should be, and 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 get along." And and that lasted about. 36 hours until it went back to the the same 
place, which was fundamentally the point of that Politico article. Yep. yep. And that's Elizabeth Warren. She is great at promoting Elizabeth Warren. Her policy plans are not achievable. Many of them, most of them, the big ones are not achievable. And so I fear that the pendulum is just going to swing back from Trump all the way left. And it's going to be, she's certainly, she's certainly personally stable and steady and she isn't going to embarrass the united states of america we aren't going to see a ukraine transcript with elizabeth warren right on the trumpian end of it but the pendulum is going to swing too far and it isn't going to be pretty either i let you finish your speech about elizabeth because i know it is knowledgeable you you were there you know and i I don't disagree with some of it, but I I do want to say this about some of it. Uh, and this isn't just taking up the other side. This is this is what I am increasingly coming to believe as we watch this unfold. I still think the best president for the country for the next four years or the four years after 2020 would be Joe Biden, but he might not get there. We we can we talked a little about it. Another time we can talk more about why why he may not be standing when people start voting. But to give the devil her due, and I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, I really do have to say two things about Elizabeth Warren that I didn't appreciate at the beginning of, of her campaign. And she began her campaign disastrously with the whole DNA thing. (laughs) But but again, give the devil her due, she recovered from that. Elizabeth Warren, two things are true of Elizabeth Warren that are not true of anybody else running for president on, on either side. Number one, she doesn't have to think about what the answer is. She is the only person who actually knows what she thinks and simply says it. And she is not trying to give the politic answer. She's given the answer as she sees it. And there's something refreshing about that. But there's also something problematic because it's hard to get elected president of the United States doing that. You don't think she's giving a political You don't think her instincts are political? You think they're substantive? I'm not saying they aren't political. They're totally political. Okay, so your mantra this morning is that people only do things for political reasons in, in politics, in politics, and of course they do. But I am saying that this is a woman who has thought a lot about what she thinks, has written it down, has spoken about it, and doesn't have to think about what the answer is. Now, I don't agree with a lot of it, but I find that I find that different. The other thing that is even more surprising by far and more unique by far and is really what this is all about. Look, I she's smart. She she is having the time of her life up there and it's contagious. She is happy to be standing in a selfie line for four hours and 
talking to these people. It surprises me. It's not who I ever thought she was, but but it is, I think, what is driving the the enthusiasm. And I just want to point out that if promising things you couldn't deliver were a disqualification, we would have no candidates. Maybe Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang might still be a candidate. Ten thousand dollars an American. I'm not sure uh, he'd be a candidate, but no, you get a thousand dollars. Fair enough. I, regardless of what you and I think about Elizabeth Warren, there is a credible chance that she's going to be the next president of the United States. And I think the place for us to end is, and we we should we should do an entire podcast on what it would mean if she were president and really drilled down on, on the policy she's putting forward because they're significant and substantive. Um, but everybody better put their seatbelts on. Well, everybody who we can do, we can do the end of that podcast right now in 10 seconds, unless she has a democratic Senate, she ain't doing none of that. Well, so that's that's she isn't doing it in terms of regulation and enforcement. I think the CFPB, which she once ran on an acting basis or an interim basis, would be the center of the universe. It'd be and a hot, hot there, is a, there is a lot that it's it'll be all consumer protection all the time. And regard actually, regardless of I believe regardless of who actually wins in 2020, clients, companies, we all have to be prepared for what the nature of the dialogue is going to be. Right. And well, the cities and states are moving there regardless. Cities and states are moving there. Trump, he may not have governed the way he ran, but he may not be governing the way he ran, but he, he won on on the basis of a populist agenda in quotes. And it's just which way your populism tilts. Hers tilts toward a little guy getting screwed and protecting the consumer and, you know, important issues. And and these things are going to be discussed and batted around over the course of the next 13 months, regardless of of who ultimately comes out. And I think everybody needs to be tuned into what the dialogue is going to be, not just what the outcome is going to be. Good. Well, we'll talk about it. Good. All right. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.